Hi, this is J.P. Salibi with Whole Body Health with me, Dr. Salibi. Another episode for the FLCCC, and today we're going to be talking about anosmia. This is not intended as medical advice, so this lecture is informational only and not intended to diagnose and treat anything. So if you have an issue with a lack of sense of smell and taste, please see your practitioner and they can direct you to proper treatment. So the learning objectives for this talk will be to define anosmia and also discuss the possible causes and also some solutions or treatments. So let's define anosmia. So anosmia, also known as smell blindness, or the inability to detect smells or odors, is the definition. It can be either temporary or permanent. And anosmia is an absolute inability to detect one or more smells. It is oftentimes associated with a lack of sense of taste as well. Hyposomia is decreased sensation of smell, but anosmia is the absolute. So let's talk about causes. There are many different causes of anosmia. Inflammation of the nasal mucosa that we find with a common cold or a large polyps or anything like that that causes inflammation in the turbinates or the upper part of the nose. Blockage of the nasal passages by polyps. Destruction of the temporal lobe of the brain, chronic meningitis or neurosyphilis, trauma, that could be trauma to the nose as evident in like a car accident or something like that. And then chronic infections, chronic sinusitis, things like that. Cigarette smoking is a very common offending cause, and it's very popular. About almost 30% of the folks in the United States, men, a little less than women, are cigarette smokers. Medication side effects, and we'll get into some of those that are a probable cause. And then the process of aging. As we get older, our sense of smell and taste diminish. And of course, what has come to be very popular in the last three to four years is the acute and chronic SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19 infections that seems to be a very common cause for anosmia. So treatment, the obvious. Let's, so we have to treat the obvious things first. So you look at the obvious causes in your workup, and if there's an infection, well, you treat it with antibiotics or botanicals. If it's trauma and it can be repaired, you do that surgically. If it's obstructions, you might need ENT surgery to remove polyps, for example. And then something that's pretty much common sense, if you're a tobacco smoker, then secession of the tobacco products will also help with fixing your anosmia. So let's talk about some particular medications that have been shown to be big offenders. Internasal zinc products, which are popular during the COVID pandemic, decongestant nasal sprays, nifedipine, which is a blood pressure medication, phenothiazines, certain antibiotics, antidepressants, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory agents, things like ibuprofen or naproxen. And then cocaine abuse, especially those that take cocaine the nasal route. So COVID illness and long COVID, one of the most common reasons in the past few years has been acute and chronic SARS-CoV-2 infections, 
or what we call COVID-19, that place this condition at the top of our mind because it's one of the chief signs of having this infection. One of the most common features in the early signs of the coronavirus or COVID-19 infection is the lack of smell and taste. And it is reported that about 80% of COVID-19 patients exhibit a lack of the sense of smell. So much so that anosmia was a very common predictor of a COVID-19 infection maybe even better than some of the PCR nasal swab testing, and certainly incominent symptoms such as fever, cough, and fatigue. And this was based on a survey of almost 2 million participants in the United States and the United Kingdom to come up with that analysis. So in this slide, we see many more causes. I'm not going to read them all to you, but I'll pause a little bit on this slide so you can take a look. Upper respiratory infections, of course, very common. COVID-19, as we mentioned previously. Nasal polyps, hypogonadism, that's low testosterone, let's say, in men. Hypothyroidism, low thyroid function in both men and women. TBI is traumatic brain injury. So any kind of trauma, concussion injury to the brain seems to bring this on. And then a type of Lewy body dementia is also a causative agent. Tumors in the frontal lobe can cause this, fibromyalgia, things like multiple sclerosis and diabetes mellitus, along with alcoholism, epilepsy, and Alzheimer's disease, as well as aging. Another common one is zinc deficiency. We'll talk about that in a bit. So let's talk a little bit about pathophysiology, what we know. It's really kind of poorly understood, but the mechanisms of action of the sense of smell is understood, but the actual impact, let's say, bite protein or the COVID infection has is a little bit poorly understood. But the olfactory receptor neurons that are in what we call the olfactory bulb that sits in the cribriform plate of the brain. So that's just at the base of the brain, there's this kind of opening that goes directly into the nasal passage. It's kind of like a sieve and things can come in and out through that. Each nasal cavity contains somewhere in the region of 5 million receptor cells or neurons. And there are some 500 to 1,000 different odor binding proteins on the surface of the olfactory receptor cells. Each olfactory receptor cell expresses only one type of binding protein. And the afferent neurons, or what we call cranial nerve number one, or the first cranial nerve, facilitates the transfer of these chemical signals that we receive through particles in the air into an electrical signal, which then goes up into the brain. It's transferred and ultimately perceived as a sense of a particular smell or odor by our brains. From the olfactory bulb, the signal is further processed by several other structures in the brain, anything from the prioriform cortex all the way to the hippocampus. So any blockade or blockage or destruction, this pathway anywhere along the way can result in a issue with the sense of smell. So COVID-19 has an effect on reduction of the olfactory bulb volume and altered functional connectivity, but doesn't seem to be any discernible morphological difference in the cerebral olfactory regions of the brain. And this was referenced by a couple of articles. So let's talk about how to work this up. How do we make the diagnosis? The most important part is history and physical examination. Make sure we rule out any of the quote-unquote physical stuff 
like nasal polyps, uh, chronic sinusitis, tobaccoism, and those sort of things. We may need to order some blood work to determine if there are low levels of zinc or any of the B-complex vitamins as they play a part. We may need to order a CT scan or an MRI of the brain to make sure we're not missing any kind of big mass in the brain that could be doing this. Or we can look at, you know, evidence of chronic sinusitis by CT scan. But there's no real need for any fancy or expensive blood work or biomarkers to make a diagnosis. So let's talk about treatment for a minute. Traumatic brain injury or concussion, if that's the cause, usually is not very successfully treated, unfortunately. Inflammatory causes, things like infections or intranasal or mucosal swelling or infections can be treated by topical corticosteroid therapy, whether it's a spray or an injection, intramuscular injection, let's say. Nasal polyps, if that seems to be the predominant root cause for the anosmia, can be managed by ear, nose, and throat surgery with the surgical removal of those polyps. With COVID-19-induced anosmia or agusia, there has been a study that had two participants that were given 1,000 milligrams of high-grade curcumin, was the active ingredient in turmeric, the spice, and the report was that they, after just one treatment with that dose, there was improvement. This was a study in 2021, a little very small study with an N of 2. Uh, there have been some case studies also reported with acupuncture, both anecdotally and reported by some case studies. One study published in 2022 had six subjects and reported that using auricular points and other acupuncture points the improvement of anosmia with that energy medicine therapy. High doses of vitamin B12, there's been anecdotal evidence that a single high-dose therapy of B12 can cause immediate um, resolution of anosmia. This was reported by one of my patients, actually. Couldn't smell for almost a year, went out to walk the dog after taking an oral dose of a very high dose of vitamin B12, and upon returning, opened the front door and he noticed, you know, spaghetti sauce was being cooked. And sure enough, his daughter was preparing a big pot of pasta sauce and he was able to smell that. The first time he smelled anything in a year. And that was in correlation with his taking a very high dose of B12. Other B-complex vitamins are important, especially those that affect homocysteine levels. If you have an elevated homocysteine, that could be contributory as well. So B6, B12, folate would help with that. And then there's anecdotal evidence of higher doses of thiamine B1. So all B complexes seem to play a role. And zinc deficiency, it plays a part. I mentioned that earlier. And so if you take oral zinc, that may help ameliorate your condition. PEA, which is a phenylethylamine, a neurotransmitter, is also noted to have shown some improvements, especially when paired up with luteolin. Lipoic acid and also N-acetylcysteine with or without vitamin A is helpful. And these have been published in some uh, peer-reviewed articles. And that wraps up another episode of Whole Body Health with me, Dr. Salibi, for the FLCCC platform. Hope to see you soon.